There may be trouble ahead. That's right. Welcome back to the Boombasticast with myself, Machu, and my brother from another mother, Alexander. How you doing over there, you big I'm hands? doing good. I'm doing good. I, I don't know about you, but I feel in a musical mood. How about you? Well, it's after eight, so the guests must be great, if you know what I mean. You know? <laughs> If you didn't see the title of the episode, we have the fucking incredibly awesome, super talented, super nice guy, worldwide star, Taco, with us this evening. And I'm super excited uh, to get this in there. You know what I mean? This is, I've been telling a few people, we try and keep them secret. I get our, our, our guests you know, secret on the lowdown, but I told a couple people about who we were getting down with this weekend and they were like excited and they can't wait to hear the episode. And I love that. Um, Taco man, putting on the Ritz. I heard that for the first time and that chain done changed my life. Uh, like I've said a hundred times in this episode, put it in heavy rotation. Taco is a heavy rotation in the Fisher household. You know what I mean? The house that Boombastic built, it is a uh, heavy, heavy rotation. Alex, where does Taco fit in your life? And we're talking about the musician. <laughs> uh, the musical artist we're not talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have to admit, uh, other than putting on the Ritz, I mean, that was the uh, first thing that I really knew uh, from him. And I really liked it. I mean, I always loved the song and his his way of doing it I thought was really catchy and was a lot of fun. Um of course when I heard that we were going to be interviewing I did a deep dive and yeah. oh man I mean his wealth of music is mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, and as uh, we'll probably be getting into it is he does the same with one genre. A lot of artists get stuck in one genre whether it's uh, placed on by the um, label that they're working for, or whether it's the only thing that they do or, or want to do. Yeah. But um, Taco uh, jumps from different genres, and he 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 blows you out of the water with each one. Um, there's not a dull dull song he sings, and when you listen to it, it's 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 infectious. Uh, you, it is. It's. Uh, it's a, it's music that makes you feel good, and especially with trying times that you have to deal with in uh, this thing we call life, that uh, it's good to be able to put on music that just makes you smile. I agree 120%, my friends. You know what I mean? And that's okay. what we're about to pop into today. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the Boombastic cast, we welcome the great, the powerful Taco. It's an absolute honor and a privilege to have you on this show. I got to say, me and Alex have been fans for a long time. You know, the music is so great, man. We're always trying to turn people on. We're telling you, would you like the films and stuff? And uh, perf- the, the music's perfect for movies. There should be more Taco music in movies. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I first, first of all, great to meet you too. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Alex. How you doing? Uh, thank you for inviting me to your show. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's been an honor. I I, I often get phone uh, calls from my uh, publishing company saying uh, they want 
my songs for, for movies. And, and uh, one of the last ones was The Call with uh, Haley Berry. Yeah. And that that was that was a nice little you know cameo spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Like I, I always love classic jams, classic jams. You know, you know. I remember putting on the Ritz. You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start from the beginning, but I I mean my that that was like hearing that song was like life changing, and like I, I all it's on heavy rotation always. So I love it. Classic. <laughs> classic. Uh, just just uh, had a shared anniversary, I believe. Did the fortieth, right? Came up on the fortieth yeah. of After yeah, Eight. We're celebrating forty years of After uh, After Eight, and and uh, putting on the wrist this year. So my, my company Aviator is putting out all kinds of uh, bonus material, uh, especially this year, of course, and um, and it's going to end with a. Great big bang surprise uh, when it's over. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of you guys are remastering and doing all types of really cool stuff. Everybody get out there and check that. Yeah, it's wonderful. If you go to the YouTube channel, this uh, new company I I signed up with uh, has taken so much. yeah, what do you call that? Uh, they put so much input into this, digitalizing all the songs I've ever recorded, even demo uh, demo tapes from way back when. You know, I went to the yeah. vault, we got them all up, dusted off the <laughs> yeah. little cassettes, and uh, they, they've really done wonders. It, it and it's so much fun. I mean, there's uh, one example I did live in Japan. And I thought it was lost forever, but it was on cassette. Yeah. But, you know, it was already hanging out of it. Yeah. Spaghetti. Um, I mean, the, the technical team, they, what, they did a wonder. It's, it's, it's a miracle. It's, it's yeah. a miracle job that what they did. They got the whole show remastered and everything from that little tape. So, yeah. Yeah. Cassette was like that when I was turning teenager. Cassette was like the thing, and when I think every now and then I hear stories of people finding just a cassette and like rebuilding, I always go, "Wow, there must have been so much work that had to go into like remastering a cassette because it's kind of like just a, you know what I mean? It's not quite the reels of, of yesterday, you know." I'm, to me, it's it's miraculous. What you yeah. It's, uh, because the quality is, you know, it, it sucks. And I mean, even when we were recording back in the eighties, you know, we had nothing digital. We had these huge tape rolls. Yeah. Uh, many other times, you know, you'd have to cut right into the song yeah. you know, to get overdubs. Uh, yeah. And it would always be, oh, please, Lord, please let the engineer do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was like an operation back then, you know. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking about technology before we popped on, and I mean, yeah, you talk about those big reels when you get your masters. It was just like, yeah. and nowadays it's like a little key, the size of a key. Every your whole catalog can fit onto a key, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible, you know. And then, and then when the first record was pressed, uh, everybody was listening in, of course, and ah, uh, nah. Uh, uh, too much bass, nah, that's too much high, and and they and it would take some time bef- before you had the right pressing. Yeah, 
and um, very exciting days. Everything so relaxed, slower. <laughs> what, what's your, because we have that indie film sense that we're talking about and like the film world and we'll get, well, you, you've got some film world stuff we'll talk to, but like even on the level of that, like we take all the films that we grew up with loving and it's like the, the, the you know, printing on film and cutting up the film and developing and it's so heavy, so much stuff nowadays you can do it on your phone. It's like, how do you fit the same thing with music? How do you feel about that jump? You know what I mean? Well, the, the jump is incredible because you get so much uh, work done in a much shorter time. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, you knew back then, if you're going to start a, a project and going on any kind of endeavor, it's going to take time. Yeah. And uh, which didn't shock me at all because I can't, I come from the theater, and in the theater you always need time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. come in the morning at nine, and you don't know when your rehearsal is going to be, so you're there until the late afternoon, and uh, so so you learn to be very patient. And right. When it says okay, uh, you're on, bam, you got to be there. You know. Yeah. So that was a very good school, and uh, and and now it's just wonderful. I mean, if I go in the studio and and, and and compose with my friend, uh, you know, all, all we do is then you know we pick out all the goodies really fast, you know, and and yeah, you you got a lot of work done in uh, in one day, you know. Yeah, and the arts are you're like heavy in the arts completely in multiple different avenues. Which kind of was like your first artistic love? Was it music or was it like the theatrics? Well, I, I guess it started with theatrics because I, uh, I had the privilege of going to uh, the American schools, uh, these international schools of America, ever since I was eight years old. And so I got into this whole American system where the music program was... Uh, was very uh, dominant. So, I, you know, we do a musical every year. I was in the school choir. And, and of course, by the time I got to high school, you know, I was totally into the American songbook because we'd sing it. We did the, we did everything from the Fantastics to uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Carousel. Yeah. So, so I, I was, uh, you know, accustomed to doing stage work. Yeah, at school, and that was a very good basis for later on. And then I went to acting school, and I came to Germany, and uh, and to make money so I could, you know, uh, pay for, for my acting school. I went to the theater, the German theater, and I played started as an extra, and then I was in that system. And uh, we have a wonderful system in Germany. It's this repertoire theater thing where uh, you are part of a, a theater company and uh, you play different plays every night and uh, everything for, from uh, Shakespeare, Goethe, Schiller uh, to musicals like Chicago or Sweet Charity, yep. what I was involved in there. So I learned everything at the theater, acting school and theater. Alex was, the, he, he's the actor of the group of us two. And he, he was a big theater guy. He did some theater oh, in high school, I know. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've always been a big fan of theater. I mean, uh, Guys and Dolls was uh, the first one I did. Um, and and I got to say, it's 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 uh, great when, for example, watching Putting on the Ritz, that uh, you did your music video. Um, I, I really loved um, all the visuals in there. And the little tap dancing sequence I loved. Um, uh, the question I have about about that is when you were putting the music video together, uh, what was, I mean, there's a lot of different things that was going on that, what what were you trying to get across with the song and also the music video? Because there's a lot of different things that, you know, you can pull from it with, you know, the vagabonds in the beginning and more of the, you know, those dressed up with the uh, face paint. And I was always curious what uh, what uh, was going through your mind when you were creating that. Well, you have to understand, I was on tour. And uh, when you have a song that's out in over 45 countries uh, charting, back in those days, we didn't have videos. Yeah. So we got to a point where the record company said, we need a video now. We can't, because I was jetting across the globe doing television shows mm-hmm. and then then they found a company in Brussels, Belgium uh, to, to tape it and I was just flown in I met the director and he said this is my concept uh, you're going to be king of the beggars and he found a, a, a location to film it that was an old department store that was full of debris and was it was about to be torn down. Yeah. And so you come there and you have 48 hours, not anymore, because I had to fly away again. So we had to really sit and brainstorm really fast. His ideas, he, he just had the idea, okay, I want you amongst beggars because he, he was Belgian and he, and he thought it was all about, you know, uh, high society and, and wanted this political thing, you know, yeah. where you got two sides of society. And uh, so I, I could relate to that. I said, okay, yeah, that's, that's a crazy idea. Me asking <laughs> beggars, okay. And then for the tap dancing, I I had to do the choreography on the spur, spur of the moment. Yeah. And so I came up with this Bob Fosse thing, you know, where you, you go in, in, in uh, slow motion yeah. and have all the dancers going by. And when, But when I saw the, met the dancers, they, they were semi-professional. I think they were just amateurs. Mm. And, uh, to be very honest, you know, not very glamorous looking or in any way where I would say, Hey, wow, they look like real, you know, dancers. I had that privilege much later with a lot, like the golden, um, that's all the gold girls. And so on the spur of the moment, I came up with it. Hey, we could do this Al Jolson thing. Give, give these girls the makeup. Yeah. Then you got, you know, you got another link back to the twenties yeah. when yeah. people of color were not allowed in the fe- in the movies. Yeah. yeah, and um, and we and we got, you know, all their faces looking the same. Yeah, 
So there was absolutely no idea about, uh, you know, black facing yeah. back, back at that time. It was right. really an homage to Al Jolson, you know, the, the, yeah. the jazz singer, that famous yeah. movie. That's all I thought about. We like, get all these elements into it. Yeah. And when it came to the ending, you know, where I do the, Alexander's Ragtime Band, or I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. That, you know, you, you got yeah. the snow and the old guys. Yeah. And so, but this was all spontaneous. It was all on, on you know, on the spur of the moment. Yeah. And, um, and I think a, a very cool video came out of that, you know. I, I love the video. I know it. I know it did catch some flack for that, the Al Jolson deal. But it's like, it, it, I think it's try and go at anything like that nowadays. You know, I got so much hell for that. But but yeah. much later, not in the eighties, much right. later. And um, yeah, what what can I say? People are so sensitive nowadays. Modern problems, have, yeah. You have to really watch out what you say, what you do. And, and, and I was so sick of all these racist comments uh, because I am the last human being on this planet that is racist. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> half Indonesian, half Jewish, half Dutch, half French, blah, blah, blah. And I would have thought, you know, uh, the United States, which is a country of immigrants, <laughs> wouldn't yeah. be that touchy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I would have loved to scream out to all of them, hey, this is your history. Right. I That's know it's point. not perfect. I mean, who has a perfect history? Right. But OK, so we took it down and uh, some cutting, it, I think, edited some stuff up. <clears throat> you got us, yeah. you know. So, I hold it, it close to my heart. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I always took like the <clears throat> the metaphoric uh, of like the almost like even though you have money, you're not quite, you know, the you're not great because you have money. It's kind of showed the flaws a little bit in like, uh, you know, I think that's kind of the, the, the thing I took from the music video. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah everybody, you know, uh, interprets something different in it. And, uh, yeah. And I and I, I kind of like yeah I I like the idea of, of these contrasts you know no, I try to look at life as not black and white but a lot of shades of gray yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the sign of great art is when like that people can look at it and see different things you know what I mean it's definitely yeah it's, you know? it, it, oh, just open up open up the horizons and. Uh, yeah, yeah I, th I think when you're dealing with art, if it doesn't have a strong effect, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, whether it's kind of in the middle, I mean, it, if 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 it gives you a strong feeling one way or the other, I believe it's done its job. I I mean, unfortunately nowadays everyone wants to do creative and artistic things which don't stretch or try to say anything and all that, and everyone's happy with it in my opinion, isn't really art. It's just placating. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, I really think, uh, I I understand people's, you know, might have had issues with it. I thought it was well put together. 
I thought it really had a a cool message. And, uh, you know, as as you said, unfortunately, people's going to cause problems when there's no need. I mean, I mean it was a very artistic and, and, and for the time, really great music video. Yeah. I still love it. Yeah, it's a wonderful company. And, and uh, like I said, I, all my life, you know, I, I've been thrown into different different situations where you, you just have to, you know, either go with the flow or, or, you know, always try to bring in your own ideas and elements. You know, you do these television shows and they've built sets for you. Uh, and you you got to work with it. Yeah. You don't have time uh, and the least arrogance to say, no, I'm not going to perform over here. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you always have to work with what you got. Yeah. And uh, I guess that is the art, you know, like, for, for instance, when I was invited to do uh, Solid Gold, uh, they hadn't seen the video or anything. They thought, oh, here's this guy, you know. We need to make a big, elegant uh, setting. Yeah. Girls in, in, in white tuxedos and, and this staircase and all that. So you don't have any time, you know, to say, no, I don't like, I want candelabras or I want uh, debris uh, <laughs> in front of the staircase, you know, so, you know, to get some kind of a contrast. Uh, no, you work with what you got. And yeah. uh, say, okay, you want the elegant show number, and uh, and that's how you do it, you know. I, I, yeah, you don't always have the time to think, you know, and and to really yeah. uh, that time you have in the studio when you're creating your music, but when you go out, um, yeah, you're thrown into all kinds of sets around the world. Uh, for instance, in Italy. Uh, <laughs> it was a lo local show. I, I you know, I, I was there, and then all of a sudden, a door opens. I didn't know where I was, and then I had to go down this mega staircase. I did my rids, and then all of a sudden, this Italian moderator comes on. I want to say a taco. He's talking to me. I mean, I don't speak a word of Italian. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes <laughs> with a, some really ugly looking sweater because that was sponsored by Luigi's sweater shop. I don't know. And here I am in my tuxedo <laughs> and I have to try and he put, tries to put this sweater on me oh, and I'm going, Oh God, these pictures are going to be terrible. You know? <laughs> But you, you have to go with the flow in that yeah. moment, you know, because he that shop was a sponsor of that television program, you know, because every little town has a, has a, a television. Yeah. Now, the real question is, did you keep the sweater? <laughs> yes, I got to take it home. And, I, and it was wonderful in the garden. I, I did a lot of garden work with it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least you got good use out of it. That's the, all that matters, right? Yeah, I've never, never thought of that element, but it does make sense. Like if you're if you're touring around all these different countries, if you don't speak their language and they start asking you questions, I mean, you just kind of smile and do quick, yep, no answers type deal. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay, 
when I went to Japan, I mean, taco in Japan is octopus. <laughs> so the Japanese cover of Putting on the Ritz is me entwined in tentacles. They even have a taco shrine where they worship taco. Nice. So the first thing they did when I, I went there was take me to, to a taco shrine. And, and here I was on my knees in front of a shrine, you know, praying to a God I had never heard of, <laughs> the taco yeah. God, and hoping that my record would, you know, be a success in Japan. <laughs> yeah. And in every single TV show, they made me try all these different octopus dishes. And um, now that was very hard to take. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, your dimples up and go, mm, yes, delicious. Oh, get me out of here. And, you know, <laughs> I've had octopus before, too. And, it, it, you know, it's an acquired taste for sure. Well, uh, the the real question is: Were the octopus dead or alive? I know that there's <laughs> where they eat the octopus alive. Yeah, I saw no a video. Way. It was kind of unnerving. That's a- <laughs> no. I'm, I'm hoping you didn't have to eat it while it was alive. That's all I'm saying. No. Listen, I always say, you know, I'll try anything one time. You know. Yeah. But no, live octopus. I I don't think I could have swallowed that. <laughs> I want to pop back in the theater real quick. I know that you uh, directed and choreographed uh, Night Child, the, the musical. Yeah. What did you think stepping into the director? Was that the first time stepping into directorial shoes? Yes. And, and see, the director uh, got sick, and uh, and this show had to be put on. Yeah. So I took over from there because I was already doing the choreography for all the all the actors. And, uh, yeah, it was, of course, you know, everything's exciting when you do for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, you know, living in general is, is a big jump, a big splash into cold water. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're afraid, forget it. You're going to be, you know, at the edge and, uh, and other people will take over. Uh, but I, I think it's very challenging, you know, to just jump in the water, do it. I mean, in the end, I mean, what can you lose? Right. True. Yeah, theater, like, uh, like I said, we do the films, you get the takes and stuff like that, then you edit it out. But theater has got to be more nerve wracking because it's live, it's there. You can prepare, but once you're, once the clock starts in that moment, you got to follow it out, like, to the T, you know what I mean? But the good thing is, okay, here, especially in Germany, um, but I think even in the States, because you know, you try out your shows in, in the country before it hits Broadway. Yeah. But in Germany, we also, you know, you, you still work on the shows. Like, premiere is always very nerve-wracking. Yeah. And as the show moves along, you finally, you know, you feel much more comfortable with the part and you can try certain things out. And uh, and the sh- actually the show gets better, you know, yeah. with time. Uh, there is no show that's finished on, on premiere night. Um, 
99% is maybe finished, but you go on from there. And and, uh, and that's the nice thing about theater. You know, you can always work on it again. Yeah, yeah. If you do things on film and and they edit it, that's it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, theater is a very learning experience because as you said that, you know, I mean, you do it on premiere and then on closing, it's... Uh, if you do it right, it's 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 uh, a very different. It's very different because yeah. I mean, you learn uh, to work and try different things, and you know sometimes there's a happy accident, you know, and uh, you're able to work with it. Yeah, I. Uh, that's what I've always loved about theater. You know, you always you always get a chance to be better. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, you, you know yourself. It's the same in life. You know, you come into a situation and it doesn't feel right. And you, you kind of wish, oh, God, can I please come through the door again? Yeah. <laughs> can we start Can we start from scratch? Yes. And, uh, and in theater, that's a nice thing. You know, you have a, if you blew something or, or you yourself know the very first, I blew it. And <laughs> And it's nice to have a second chance. And that's the cool thing about theater, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because, um, I mean, I did theater early on. And I remember I did one production where uh, my character had a lot of lines with another character. But the actor playing the other character couldn't remember any of his lines. <laughs> so so <laughs> I I literally learned my lines, his lines... <laughs> And I mean, there's a whole section that uh, literally we only ran for like two weeks, okay? And there was a whole section he kept on, you know, messing up. So we ended up skipping a whole kind of needless section, but you know, kept the thing going. And on the last night, the very last night, was the first time he said that line that we needed to actually bring in. And so after he said that, we were like. Shit, now we have to remember what we were skipping all this time. So we just kept on going and yeah, it was it was also a great experience for me with improv because, you know, there was a lot I mean, other times, you know, somebody either forget a line or they went early with a line, so I had to then, you know, like, okay, how do I get the point across? modifying it slightly but yet keep everything going so i mean and and going with for example you know you showing up 48 hours doing putting on the ritz i can only assume that doing theater with that kind of you know improv that you kind of have to learn to keep a, a a a theatrical production going that that probably helps when you find yourself thrown into these things Yes. I mean, you said you said the magic word. It's improv. Everything in life is improv. Now, when I look back, I mean, I don't recall any situation where everything went right. Yeah. Yeah. So shit would yeah. always happen. The wrong prop would come. The wrong line would come. Uh, God knows. And now, when I reflect and remember the times when I went to acting school, now I know why improv was the most important class we took. Yeah. 
you know, we always wondered, you know, why, why always improvisation? And yes, but that's what it is. You have to learn to not lose your cool. And when things are not going the way you want, you have to improvise. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I wish more people. (laughs) Those are the kind of classes I think we should have at school. You know, we learn so much bullshit at school. But everything that's important in life, improvisation or learning now, you know, about the digital world, everything. They don't teach us that. So you have to learn it the hard way. Humanity. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean. Unfortunately, with uh, especially everyone doing their iPhones and all that, and uh, I mean, the fact is, I mean, life itself is full of pitfalls and other things. And honestly, if anyone was to ask me that one acting class that would help, not just in acting but just in life in general, yeah. it's improv because you have to be able to. Roll with the floor. If someone gives you a left, you're expecting a right. You have to know how to go with the left. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's life. <laughs> hey, you're right. You know, and it's, it's, uh, you're always thrown into this different situations, especially when you're on tour, you know, you're in different countries and, uh, you have to learn to pick up things so fast, you know, and, uh, try to get into the, into the vibe of a country, the mentality. And, um, but today I'm very grateful because now, you know, the, the globe is, it, it's, it's like a village. Yeah. And we got all these, uh, yeah, crazy different people and, and, and their cultures. And, uh, and, and I wish, you know, globally more people would be focused on that, you know, it's getting used to this idea of we are a digital village. And uh, maybe that that could contribute to a, a, a you know a bit more peaceful get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, digital. Did you uh, did you do any more directing in the theater realm? No, 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 no. Now I'm, I'm, I'm that that was just a one 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 off type deal. Off deal. Um, like I said, after I, I did all the theater work, I, I got into music, and, yeah. which ran parallel. But uh, I could, I only, I, br- I only bring it up because I, I always like thought it would be real cool to see a taco movie or even a musical, but like a movie in the same way of like a Moonwalker that Michael Jackson did, where it like follows you on a musical journey throughout like an hour and a half movie. I thought that'd be really cool. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad. Maybe it'll still happen, you know. Now, now we're more into small reels. I do direct. Yeah, I'll do. It. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's putting out his resume right there. So yes, if, if but, uh, you ever decide, uh, we'll we'll come over. <laughs> I'm over for. Uh, I'm open for everything, you know. Yeah. And uh, no problem. It's it's. Uh, yeah. I, I, I take I take on every challenge up till today, and yeah. like I said, now I'm doing digital stuff. I write music, and and this last song I wrote with my my buddy is um, it's snowing in my heart. The very first Christmas song I wrote, and we did that whole video 
in his apartment. Oh. We had green screen. We we, we hung those green <laughs> curtains everywhere. <clears throat> and we did the whole thing in that room. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. It was really, yeah, kind of. I kind of felt like, you know, the, the pioneer days, you know, when when the first black and white movies, the silent movies started. Uh, yeah, because we just had the one room. And when you're doing green screen, you know, you can't move, you know, because it has to stay. You know, we had everything pressed down, you know, and taped with the green <laughs> cloth. But it, yeah, it, it it was fun, and, and he did a really nice job of it, you know. That's a cool, yeah. That's a cool video. That's up on the YouTube. You guys did that a couple months back, I think. Uh, yeah, that was last year for Christmas. Yeah, I love that the, that new uh, the heavy metal song. I love too. I thought that was great. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a "take no crap, take no shit" type song. I felt it was all improv too. Really, we just had one room. One backdrop in green, and, <laughs> and then we, and it was just like, I do everything for you. Can I just move your head? Because you know, <laughs> you can't get out of the camera. Yeah, but that was so much fun, really. You know, Taco, th- th- there's so much. I'm curious of what your influences were because there's like. There's the sense, there's the, it's got pop, it has, uh, like operatic to it, um, hip hop elements to it, you know what I mean? It, it, it has like, there's also, I've always felt there was like a weird, like, underlining almost dark theme and it, like a little, like almost, um, like a dark carnival-y, some of the songs had like a dark carnival-y type vibe to it, which I love that vibe. I love it. You know what I mean? But what, what do you think the influences were in the creation of the music? From Well, I'm, I'm just very, uh, yeah, very open-minded and curious. And, uh, I mean, growing up as a kid, uh, you know, my parents, they were very flamboyant, uh, you know, and, and they, they grew up in Indonesia, which was a Dutch colony. Yeah. And they had to entertain themselves. And uh, and then I was thrown out of the whole Dutch culture, Dutch-Indonesian, which is, uh, my, my grandfather was a professional musician. Um, so at home, there was always music going on. Everything from all the jazz standards, to swing, uh, pop, everything was always there. My grandfather would play, you know, he'd play classical music. So this whole influ- influence was already there as a kid. And then, of course, going to American schools, I got equated with American uh, songbook. Blah, blah. Then when I came to Germany, um, it was a whole complete different scene. But we did musicals. We did American musicals in German. So by by that time, I, I I had a pretty good view about yeah. what showbiz is about, how you got to sell yourself, uh, you know, um, bring a line, get, get that you know that one liner across so they laugh. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You know, it, it, it's all about getting something across. Yeah. And it takes time before you get 
into that. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and because I, I, it interests me, like when you are doing silent, I love silent movies, for instance, because you don't have, you don't have your language. So you have to go, oh my God, there she is. You know, <gasps> what have you done to me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to go really over the top. Yeah. And, and then you learn that filming is a completely different thing. You got to do everything with your eyes. Yes. You can't use your body anymore. You know, it, it, it's yeah. like, let's get the line across, okay? Well, fuck with me, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> you have to do everything just with your eyes. Yeah. And when you get all these extremes, then, uh, yeah, in the end, you're just trying, trying to tell a story. And that's what I always try to do it even in the videos no matter what I do when I write the lyrics write little stories that's what I've all you know don't just write Louise I'm down on my knees begging you please come home to me something like that and that that's boring right. <laughs> but you know a little story in in a two-minute song a three-minute song that that has always interested me yeah yeah you're like, a great Great storyteller, man. And I wanted to bring up the hip hop thing because some yeah. of the way, you, not just the, 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 the opera rap, but like there's even in like you put on the Ritz and stuff, there's way the ways that you flow to the beat, like lyrically, that's like, boom, it's right there. And it's very hip hoppy. You know what I mean? I love it. It's good stuff. Because it just came up. Yeah. When I, when I hear one thing one time, I go, okay, that's cool. You know? It's um, the, the downtown. Yeah. Yeah, we had this beat going, you know. Dun, dun, dun. There's a dun, 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 dun. Nile Rogers beat, you know. Yeah. And, uh, downtown. Uptown. Get your kicks at Ritz. <laughs> R I T Z. How about you, me? <laughs> yeah. It's good. Well, hip hop takes from like jazz and stuff. Yeah. It, you know? it's, it's, it's all rhythm, you know? It, it's all, uh, that's the whole fun. It, uh, I was just talking to this Brazilian guy. That's what I love about Brazilian music, for instance, you know, learning to hang before the beat. We're after it. Yeah. <laughs> it's always this, you never know, you know? Yeah. The, uh, did you uh, did you meet David Parker at Polydor or before, you get, before signing up with Polydor Records? Um, no, the, the funny thing is the first time with Polydor, I was, I did this um, Eurovision song contest. I didn't do it. It at that time it was an author's uh, deal, and I had done a lot of demo, demos. So I was uh, when I was young, I was working as a demo artist, and at at some point they offered me this demo and says, "Can you record this?" And I go, "Okay, I'll do that." And uh, and they, without me knowing, they sent that to the the jury. Of, of the of the Eurovision Song Contest. And then I got a phone later that they wanted the song 
And then the authors suggested me to sing it. That's how I came into it. And if you go into German television, you need a contract. And then Polydor came to me and says, we would like to sign you. And that way I could do this television show. Okay. But the hook thing was I had to sing in German. And I came to a point where I said, hey, listen, uh, this was all fun, but I don't want to sing German all my life. Yeah. And <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I was like 22 years old. And yeah. my first contract, it was a very good contract. And, and, I, and I went to the big boss and says, please, I don't want to sing German all my life. Can we? <laughs> and we ripped up the contract. And here I was without a record deal, and I didn't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's when I came up with the idea. I had done Chicago at the theater, and this, you know, this whole image with the, you know, the tuxedo and the slick look and the white paint. Um, I go, hey, I, I just seen a movie that's entertainment where with a clip in it with. Clark Gable singing Pudding on the Ritz. I go, hey, that would be so cool. You take this old or nostalgic music, you got the look. And uh, and then there was this whole techno thing coming up in Germany. You know, all the electronic music, Nena and and all of that. Yeah. And, and if you could mix that with old-fashioned music, maybe that would work. And then people would forget Everything you did for the for the Eurovision Song Contest, yeah. and then okay, then I found David through a, his best friend, who was a, the bass player for Gary Glitter, and he had landed in Germany. And at some point, he said, "Okay, I'll I'll get you together with David." And that's when we did the brainstorming. I sold him my idea, and David said, okay, then I got a, another great guy. He's much older than the two of us, but he knows that whole era. Yeah. And, that's, and that was Werner Lang. And then the three of us sat down, and they, then we created this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love it, man. You guys had a great run with each other. Huh. You know what I mean? That's the thing with tacos. Those You put on a taco record... You don't have to skip songs. You just you play that that thing whole thing play out. Did that good? You know what I mean? Hell yeah! Hey, I, oh, okay. We try to keep it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So when when putting on the Ritz hits, was that just like a life changing thing? A drastic boom? You're off to the races. No, because oh. no, not at all. Because. <laughs> Like I said, I I come from the theater. Yeah. So everything has, you know, its flow. And yeah, yeah. And when Putting on the Wrist came out, that's another funny story. Nobody was interested. Really? We had to do so much shopping around. And now here comes the funny thing. David would had an, uh, had a, a joint deal with Pierre Southern one of the greatest uh, publishing companies in the United States and internationally. And at some point, this is how the record business worked back in those days. You know, 
there were many artists that put out songs and then executives would get together in their free time and say, hey, listen, I got these songs. And they would go, okay, we'll, we'll get them out. And yeah, that's going to be a hit. And like, yeah, that looks good. So, and then you got other artists like me, you know. Yeah, and we've got Taco too. We're putting on the, uh, okay, we'll take it. Listen, if you, if you bring out that and that one, you'll get Taco for free. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly how it went. So I, I was just one of these. Okay. We'll sign him. We'll do it. Yeah. But the interest wow. was absolutely zero. So <laughs> when it came out, nobody gave a damn. Jeez. And it came to a point because I was frustrated, you yeah. know, because I wanted that to be, you know, I tried enough. And so I made a deal with another friend uh, at RCA and said, okay, they're never going to, you know, be, they're not promoting me. So I have to go to the people. And that's when I came up with the idea to go as a puppet, be carried into a showcase window of a department store. <laughs> I would say, and they would play electronic music. There's actually on YouTube, there's a, there's a tape of that. Where I do all this computerized, you know, there's a robot going, and then at some point, when enough people were standing in front of the window on the street, looking, what, what is this? <laughs> I do putting on the wrist, <laughs> and after it, they carry me out of the window, <laughs> and then I do an uh, uh, an autograph session. Yeah. Oh, nice. So. That that was a minor success, and after that, it kind of trickled down and it died. And to survive, I I, I opened a, a sportswear shop with my father. <laughs> oh, yeah. And half a year later, after everything, you know, for me, the whole theme Ritz was over. I got a phone call from uh, Sweden. RCA Sweden said, could you please come uh, come over to do some promotion? And they go, what? A promotion? A Ritz? And I thought I was dead. Yes, it's bubbling under. It's going very, very well here. I go, okay. Well, I fly to Sweden with my tuxedo and my bag, but I, I came there and I thought, okay, so Sweden sounds like Know, country countryside. I put on an overall. I thought that that looks really Swedish. <laughs> and, and at the airport, there's this limo, <laughs> and I go, "Oh my god, <laughs> a limo to pick me up!" Mm -hmm, okay. And at night, I had a uh, a performance in in uh, one of the biggest discotheques in La Stockholm, and Look through the wind, you know, through the curtains, and all these girls are in gowns, you know, like in the forties, all dressed up. The guys all in tuxedos, slick back hair, and I go, "Oh my god, what's going on over here?" You know, and I just had a single. I had 
putting on the Ritz and after eight on a single. And they were freaking out because to them it was, hey, this is the latest thing. I really started a vibe there. And by the time I finished, I I did the flip side of the single like six times. Red after eight, red after eight, red after eight. <laughs> by the time I left that weekend, the LP had gold status. Yeah. Only problem was there was no LP. <laughs> the single? There was just a single. Yeah, because it, it was dead. Yeah. So <laughs> when I flew back, David yeah. was there and said, Taco, we have to bring out an LP in in the shortest uh, you know time <laughs> possible because the sales were going up. <laughs> and then we really I swear to God, I was in his studio every day. We were working and, and to try to get after eight together. And then that thing just skyrocketed, and I flew back and then I did the whole uh, Scandinavian tour. When I was finished there, I did everything down to uh, Portugal. So I, I worked all of Europe. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was all, you know, a bit later than, you know. So ever since then, it was, you know, working under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> did you tour for like two years? How long did you get? You, you tour <laughs> off of putting up. Years because it was all jet lag. Yeah, I couldn't come. You know, and and the the the, the era of videos hadn't even started yet. Yeah, uh, it was the same for the states. Uh, the states wasn't interested in Ritz either. But I was selling so many records in Canada yeah. that at some point, you know, it, it was platinum in Canada that that the United States had, I think. I think we should bring him over to the United States. <laughs> so it, it's been a, a, a totally crazy career because it was never, you know, hey, we want taco with support right. and all that. That's happening now, funny enough. Now yeah. I have a company who loves me and is really putting all their effort into it to, uh, you know, get that whole product back. Yeah. And then you guys got out and you did Let's Face the Music. Yes. That out, which that is another incredible. I, 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 I'd argue to say that I, th- I like, I, lo- I love those first two albums a lot. But I think that even Let's Face the Music, I think, is even, you kind of really reaching your stride of like, you know what I mean? The greatness that you guys do, for sure. Yeah. Well, by that time, this is another thing. Usually, an artist um, is signed by a record company because they like that style. Mm. And you kind of have to stick to it. I always had the privilege to be have the freedom to do what I want. Yeah. To, to go into different styles of music. And when we worked on uh, Let's Face, by that time, I, I didn't want to... Uh, you know, pursue this image uh, of a crooner. You know, this if you're blue and you don't know, you know, this whole thing of, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. megaphone sound. I said, no, now I want to do 
It's kind of like the movie uh, uh, "Singing in the Rain." Yeah, you know when the when the when the silent movie goes into speakers, and uh, many of the actors, you know, they just didn't have nice voices, so their careers bombed. I said, "No." (laughs) I tried to be very consequent on After Eight, you know, without. Yeah, this typical crooning sound of the twenties—that's the acting part again. You see? Yeah. yeah. Let's face. I wanted some real, uh, some real taco. Yeah. And I had the chance, and and uh, and nobody to stop us. And I'm very grateful for that. And you know, I said, "Hey, I want real brass this time." Yeah. You know. So. We had the real brass and all that, and uh, yeah, and from from that point on, you know, I I, I delved, delved, you know, in, into a lot of styles. And we did the swing album. Yeah. And later on, they tell me that you like it where, where I, I wanted to sing in Spanish or in, in Brazilian and, and Portuguese, and uh, yeah. It's got to be fun, you know. You got to stay open and, and and try different kinds of styles. I, I I would hate it, you know, to stay in my style. And and uh, I'm just very very lucky. I'm very really one of the very few who has this privilege, you know, that he he can go into all these different styles. And, and there's no company saying, uh, 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 it has to sound like, right. what, you know, what you did. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, we've had you on for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You know, we appreciate your time uh, immensely and your talents, man. It really is an honor. We We usually ask one last question before we wrap up. Like we said, we do the films and we got a, a whole bunch of people that listen. Um, do you have any advice for anybody on the come up for if they find themselves in like a slump or like, you know, not, not quite feeling their art at the time? Any, any advice you would give to somebody to kind of keep them going a little bit? You know, I, I think in life, everything comes to you. You can't go out and, and push it and, and say, I want this and this and that. And, yeah, you have to have your dream. It's got to be there, you know. And you have to project yourself there where you want to be. But you you have to let it come to you. Life is very very funny. The yeah. good things come to you. You have to open your heart and say, "Hey, come to me. It's there because you know what you want." And. Uh, it, it's more of a secretive spiritual thing. It's not something you can force. You know, you have to. You meet. It's funny. Even today, you know, you meet the right people, another door opens. Right. I mean, who knows what'll come out of this? Yeah. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. You have to embrace life. You know, and yeah. people and and. and it's always been like that. You come into a certain room or uh, I, I got theater jobs through that. You know, I, I would be in a cafe and somebody would, you know, somebody in our group would say, hey, we're doing children's theater this summer. 
anyone interested? Yeah, me. Okay. And from that, you know, you come into something else. You have to be open to and let it happen. And then, you know, and try to go into the circles where you want to be at, you know? Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. That really is. You want to tell the folks, I know you're on YouTube right now killing it. I want you want to tell folks where they can catch you on. You got social medias and uh, where they can look and need to guess. I know the 40th anniversary right now after eight's going on. And uh, we got another 40th coming up, I think, with Let's Face the Music's coming soon. Um, you got a lot of really cool stuff coming out to celebrate those things. And where uh, where can they check them out? Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm on Facebook on a daily basis, and uh, on on I've had my own YouTube channel that's Taco Akersa, and um, people will always be informed there what's coming out. Uh, something very exciting is going to happen soon. There's going to be a digital box of my music as very first artist on on YouTube. And uh, really looking forward to that. So, yeah, look it up. It's fun. There are a lot of videos, a lot of shows which have never been shown before. The demo material that's been worked on and uh, digitalized. It's, uh, yeah, it's good for the ears and good for the eyes. <laughs> good for the soul. And good for the soul, man. This is, oh, thank you. <laughs> this has really been an honor. We've been a fan of you for a long time, dude. And you're a great guy, super talent. And we really appreciate you coming on the show. Hopefully we'll have you back again sometime. We'd love to talk to you again, man. I, it would be my pleasure. So, you know, yeah, that's, man. that's what I love, you know. And if we had this possibility back in the 80s, you know, it would have made work so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder where it'll be in 20 years where technology will be scary, horrifying. Ooh, yeah, we'll all be, you know, uh, I in think, a digital room or, you know, yeah. speaking, you know. I think that's what it is. It, instead of us being at computers, we would feel like yeah. we were in a park at a picnic or something like that, like 3D yeah. all around us. Yeah. 3D, and you would say, uh, what vibe do we want? Yeah, hang out at a fireplace or yeah. some spa or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, it sounds like a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Until it's not, at least. You know what I mean? So, Taco, sayonara till we meet again. Thank you. Okay. Absolute pleasure, It was wonderful speaking to you guys. It was great, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let me see. um... Or am I turning it off? (laughs) We jamming. All right. (laughs) Turn off the jam, baby. Turn off the jam. (laughs) I love it, dude. This is great. This is great stuff. I'm I'm going to give you a shout and a little bit on the book, but you have a good night over there. Thank you very much. And we'll definitely talk to you soon. I'm always here. Hell uh, yeah. I try to be. I try to be. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> good man. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you, bye, sir. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Matthew. Bye-bye, Taco.
And ladies and gentlemen, that was the great taco. My God, what a fun time, man. Like I was telling him, we sat, you know, sitting down with him was legendary. Uh, the first time he popped on my sc- my radar screen was with putting on the Ritz. That's a song that I literally listen to a couple times a week, even when we're not interviewing them, like straight up. Those first two albums, heavy rotation for sure. Um, and, and we were talking about, you know, just such a well-rounded kind of musical act. There's so much in it. Like it, I could almost in this, it's almost, uh, you know, you, you take like a Dr. Hook, for instance, which is the only way you can compare them, those two artists in this way, which you'll dip into an album and you'll be like almost different genres of music on an album, but they're all, but it's great. You know what I mean? And uh, that was Taco. And it was great to, to get a good, I've been very interested in, you know, the career of Taco for a long time because he'd just been a big fan. You know, like I said, I got that song, grabbed uh, After Eight, you know, got heavy into that. And then I got the next one, you know what I mean? Let's face the music. And just like, like I said in the interview, let's face the music the fucking the first album's great and that second album's great you know what i mean and the rest of the albums are great too um so definitely go support taco support your boys alex you want to say anything in closing uh just that uh it was great talking with him um yeah i mean the first i i saw him was the uh the uh put on the ritz um music video i thought that it was uh really cool um of course, when I start looking uh, more into his stuff and uh, going off what uh, has been said is that he doesn't stay with one genre, which is 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 just great because there's too many people I find that are either forced or uh, just stay in one genre. And the only way I think that people can truly grow, especially as an artist, is to try different things. And... Um, and he does that. I there's a song that he uh, recently did that we didn't get to talk about called uh, "Far from My Homeland." That uh, that I was he waiting did. for you to bring that up when we we're talking about current music videos. I was giving you the winky wink. I know much. Oh, I, I I sorry, I miss I missed my opportunity. Now, um, but um, take it now. but we'll take talk it. about it now. That uh, you go to is. Uh, Go to his uh, YouTube and check it out. Far From My Homeland is a very moving, soulful, tear-jerking uh, song and, and and music video. I definitely recommend checking it out. And uh, as you can see, Taco is a lot of fun. And you can see the fun that he's having doing it in his music, in his music videos. I mean, this is a guy who enjoys creating art and he enjoys the the journey that he goes on to create this art and uh even though i mean we all know that uh life throws us curveballs we have to uh learn to improv around it and uh and he has has learned to do it like uh, many of us and and done it to great effect so i can't wait to see what he has next i really can't (laughs) You know what I mean? Going, still releasing music that's worth listening to. Forty years later, forty plus years later, that's quite a haul, man. Forty, me, me and Alexander Hawkman ain't gonna be here in forty years from this point that we're speaking right now. So that's to let you guys know a little, 
uh, you know, the longevity yeah. of the stuff. And uh, like I said, like I would love to have seen a taco movie. I almost vibe where if you if you put taco in a movie with like like a forbidden zone, you know what I mean? If you're familiar with that, no. you know what I mean? No, you're not familiar with that. With um, now I got now I lose my mind because you didn't. Uh, Richard Elfman, my dude, okay. um, brother of Danny Elfman. Uh, they collaborated on a film called The Forbidden Zone in the 80s, I believe, maybe early 90s. And it was um, very wacky, dark. Uh, Divine, I believe, was in it. Her Villages was in it. Um, and it's just a wild, zany kind of fever dream of a kind of a movie. And... Danny Elfman plays a character in it where he's kind of like a devil dude, but he it's, it sings and stuff and dances, and that's tar- that's Taco in my mind. I, I picture Taco, so I would love to see a Taco movie, like that that starts black and white and eventually goes through color, like it would transition. And there's so many cool things you can do. I really like Taco a lot as an artist and as a human. Now that we've all sat together and yeah. chatted, you know what I mean, for sure. And they say, don't meet your heroes. I got to say, you got to be careful because sometimes you meet them, they're good people, you know what I mean, like Taco was. Uh, did you want to say anything else that I stifled you from on the interview? I didn't get let you say. No, no, no. I mean, uh, just just, uh, just the other thing that, unfortunately, uh, we, uh, I didn't get to throw out there. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean... I, I remember growing up in the 80s. Uh, yeah. I knew Taco from the Putting on the Ritz, but I didn't know a lot about him. I always thought it was a cool music video. I I, I loved the song itself. And, uh, of course, when uh, Matt told me that uh, he uh, was able to uh, reach out and bring Taco on the show, I did uh, a bit of a deep dive. And, you know, uh, listening to all the music that I missed that uh, he has created. and. Yeah. He has a great style. It's and it says that uh, you know excitement and, and and enjoyment is contagious, and you can you can feel that with his music. You can, I mean, as you saw, he's always smiling, and and it's it, it's kind of weird saying this, but when when you listen to his music, you can almost like a smile comes to your face. It's almost like you know. You just can't help but just just grin because it, that's just how his music is. It brings a big smile to your face. It's it's fun. It's and, a mashup uh, of a bunch of different cool things. You know yeah, I mean? and and he tries different things, and that's that's another thing that I love about it because you got got to try different things to keep the uh, keep things interesting and exciting. And uh, Taco definitely does that. Hell yeah. So if you enjoyed this episode with Taco, go listen to more episodes. And if you want to watch, you can watch them as well. Um, and if you want to watch deeper, support. Go support the Boombastic streaming Patreon page. You catch up. You get video episodes of Boombastic Cast that you ain't catching anywhere else, anywhere. You know what I mean? All types of cool stuff, advanced stuff. It's beautiful. Uh, even with the boom, we're on the boom cast. We even have our perks for uh, associate and executive producer credits. If you want to get down with the show, a lot of cool dealings up there, but uh, definitely thanks for the support. 
support taco. If for whatever reason you are not hip to putting on the Ritz, putting on the Ritz or taco in general, do yourself a solid for real and go check it out because it's some of the greatest stuff of all time, man. I really love it. I've listened to it for over 20 years on heavy rotation. Just there's something about it. You can't really taco music is, is, is it, it, it's, you really can't even like compare it to anything else. It's such its own unique entity. You know what I mean? And we're so pumped and excited to be able to have them on the show. You know what I mean? So go check us all out. Be beware of the winners. Very important stuff. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace.